Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. This is one of your co-hosts, Mary Davidson, and today we are joined by the amazing Sarah Shuey. And Sarah is talking about creating a career as a freelancer. This is going to be a great conversation, so get ready to tune in. But first, I have a reminder for you. Our 100th episode is just around the corner. We're only a few away. And so we are asking you listeners to submit why you love events. That's the prompt. And so in the show notes, you'll see a survey link where you can submit an answer to that question. You can also record an audio clip. This is your moment. We want to have your voice on the podcast. So please be heard and submit your your answer to why you love events. And without further ado, let's get into the episode with Sarah. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Logan Clements, and I'm joined by fellow co-host Mary Davidson. And this week, we have a very, very special guest who's going to be diving in more into the topic about building a career as a freelancer, Sarah Shuey. So I want to save as much time as possible for her. But Mary, would you like to introduce Sarah to our audience? Absolutely. Yes. So Sarah Shuey is an experienced economy pioneer with a background in film and tech. She is the founder and CEO of Happily, a global media production company with a network of over 70,000. That's right. 70,000 sustainable event producers, technologists, and creatives who specialize in creating world-class virtual and live events. Sarah co-founded TED Active and is the founder of EXP and also the board president of dublab.com, LA's first internet radio station. Those are some awesome credentials, Sarah. We are so happy to have you on the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, yeah, Sarah, yeah. is there anything else you want to add to that lovely intro? And biggest fan of Logan and Luke Clements. <laughs> <laughs> you just made my mom, Stacy, so happy. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. I'm truly the biggest fan of Stacy, but we haven't met yet. So I'm like maybe <laughs> a stan of Stacy. <laughs> Sidebar. Yeah, we've had, had Luke on the pod, but listeners, if you haven't heard, he is my brother. And I know it brings my mom joy. Hi, mom. You're definitely listening to this uh, to hear that he and I work together. And that is one that had happy, we've had many a happily project together. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, like Luke, Luke and I sat, I actually met Luke in person. I haven't even met you in person because we met during the pandemic, Logan. And um, yeah, we flew him out to Chicago and he was my ride or die on a pretty, on a like million dollar show. He's amazing. He is. And I'm, not, I'm glad to know it's not just my sister bias because I think he's amazing. So <laughs> I'm all working events too, by the way, because, you know, we're always hiring. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to tell her. She's going to have to click the link in the show notes. I have brought her in last year. I did tap her in for an event and she, she did well. She does events for her own program. She works at a university and uh, does a lot of like online coding boot camp things. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Definitely. Like even bigger Stan and Stacey. I'm going to find her on LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, you should. You'll make her so happy. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, But for our listeners, just a little more why we asked Sarah, you can already hear we have a lot of connections of having worked together, but both Mary and I have worked with Sarah as a member of those 70,000 freelancers and event producers. Uh, And she was one that I know for me personally was really helpful during the pandemic when everything shut down of just how quickly you and the rest of the Happily team like dove into virtual and gave folks the confidence and the tools to still gather virtually 
And that has been a game changer for me. So we're so excited to have you here to talk more about your career and specifically like freelancing. We'll touch a little bit of like freelancing versus full time. Um, so yes, thank you for being here. Again, thank you for having me. Yeah, it's really exciting to be here. I mean, we went through so much during the pandemic, right? <laughs> like I feel like I feel like so many people in our industry lost their jobs, right? And like a lot of people who were um, they lost their companies. You know, a lot of people became freelancers because they had to, or they changed industries altogether because they had to. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I've been doing events. I don't know if my bio said this, but like been doing a, events for, that's it. This is my only career that I've had. And so I like, I was like, I have literally no way out. Like, I think I'm only built for this right now. So it's, the whole virtual thing was, you know, very much like sink or swim for me. I had this like stint where I like played, I don't know, hundreds of hours of Animal Crossing. And I thought maybe I can be a video game tester. But yeah, I'm glad I'm glad, I'm glad I turned into you know, turned into and leaned into the, the whole virtual thing. Because it's been it's been really great. It's been really catalytic, you know, for um, for me. And I think a lot of the folks that we um, that we work with to just realize how many skills we have, how fast we can learn, how you know, nimble we can be. And I think because we were always a freelance, like very open, like freelancer, like group um, and network, um, we, you know, freelancers just roll with the punches like a lot faster. Right. So I think that's a lot of the reason why we were able to like stay alive and be so nimble. Yeah. We often say like to start nice and broad for our listeners at the top of an episode. So you started, started talking about freelancing, but like, how did you first learn about freelancing and events? I fell into it. I totally fell into it. Um, I was after school um, in LA, I moved to Boston and I needed a job. And I was, I was, I was temping a lot. Like I did a lot of like temp work. I have like a lot of admin and filing and database experience from like college years, which is not great. And I was like literally in like pantyhose, like in a law, like a weird, like, you know, law firm. I'm sure, and I'm sure it's not weird. I don't even remember the name of it, but like some big law firm, um, you know, filing or something like that. And I was like, oh God, like I wanted to live in Boston. I was like, I can't live here and do this forever. This is just not of a degree, people. And like, you know, I was like, this is just also just not me. And then I, just started like calling, like literally cold calling, like every nonprofit that I thought was super interesting and was like, hi, I'm Sarah. I have a degree from USC and these are the things I can do. Do you have a job for me? And um, Harvard's uh, American Repertory Theater, their, their drama theater, they were like, we're hiring a freelance event coordinator. It seems like your background in television and production could be really useful here. And I was like, great sign me up, you know, like how much can you pay me? And they like, they're like, we've got three grand. And I was like, wow, that, that can like last me forever. So I was like super excited about it. I never, I didn't, I did an event like for like a band, you know, like in college that was like just fun to do, but I never really thought about it as a career. And then all of a sudden, I mean, Meryl Streep was like the co-chair with like Ann Ranking and like Marissa Tomei was there and like it was a whole thing, right? And so I found myself coordinating this show that like this fundraiser raised half a million dollars actually. Like, you know, and I'm like, 
was actually 20 years old at the time. I was, I, I wasn't even 21 yet because I graduated college really early. And that's how, I mean, it was really trial by fire. I think most people find out about freelancing this way, don't they? How did you, how did you both find out about freelancing in events? Yeah, I feel like I figured out from from hiring freelancers when I worked full time at an agency and mm-hmm. just discovered. I said for me that the the kicking was how I figured out how much they were paying the freelancers versus what I was getting paid to work full time. So that was part of the reason I jumped into freelance world. But yeah, it's now it's a fun game. I love it every time I'm on events. It's always like, are you a freelancer? <laughs> just because yeah. I feel like sometimes it's obvious. And one of the reasons I love happily is because it's obvious. But other times I'm always like, if people only knew how many of these events were, you know, majority on the backs of freelancers versus full-time folks, it would blow people's minds. That's so interesting because you mentioned, um, you know, you started on like, like there's a little bit of the admin side that you were in. And when I graduated from college, I got a job as a receptionist because I wanted a job. And so it's just so funny to like hear you say that because then that that did not last very long. <laughs> I was like, I got to do something different. Um, yeah. Anyway, and then I like fell into events as well. So to answer your, your question about like learning about freelance. Yeah, I, I didn't quite understand it was a thing for the event industry. I'd heard of freelancers. My brother had freelance doing like motion graphics and things like that. But like for events. And then I heard about it from from a colleague and she's saying, oh, you, get a, you can travel around and you can go do these events elsewhere and like be a part of the team. And I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> Yeah. Glamorous. <laughs> and then you wind up like in the back of like some hotel, right? <laughs> like yeah. in a tunnel. Has you seen the stores for days, you know? <laughs> Real glam. But yeah, that's so funny. So we're cut from the same cloth. You get it. I mean, I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of people that I know like um, that are in events, we all, yeah, like, I don't know. So there's, a, there's a lot of folks that were like in hospitality, you know, before and like maybe you're working at a restaurant and you see these like private events come in, you know, a lot of folks in admin and like, it's weird how like the CEO or whoever is like, well, my assistant can do that. And then all of a sudden you're like, this is way better than answering your dumb emails, bro. And like, you know, so it's, um, I think it's cool. Actually, I've always found that like, the origin story. Um, and also like, what was your last gig? You know, those are like, like, there's always some kind of like common bond with freelancers, you know, in events, but even like in any kind of creative industry, there's just kind of, always kind of a similar story. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that you call that out because there are so many similarities. And there's that jump from being freelance to then starting a small business. Um, so when did you decide to make that jump? Mm, actually, it's like kind of like a, I think, very like jumpy timeline, kind of everything everywhere all at once thing where in college, I like took an entrepreneur class and I loved that class, like intensely loved that class and at USC. And I was like, I am an entrepreneur. Well, my gosh, like, this is great. One day I'm going to have my own business. And actually, like, I have fa- like family members, you know, that were entrepreneurs and they were always like a little bit like kind of the the black sheep that I always connected with, you know, the most. My mom really wanted me to be a lawyer or like a doctor, or, like a, you know, when I was in film, you know, film, be a movie studio executive, like all the things, you know, just like something very safe, I guess. And, um, and so I knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, that I was an entrepreneur and I wanted to have my own business, but I didn't know in what, because I wasn't really passionate about anything yet. 
And so actually after that Harvard gig, which wound up being called like Boston's best party of the year, they don't talk like that. I don't know where that came from. But, uh, but after they said that, you know, after that was like such a, it was such a challenge, you know, and like overcoming that and seeing everybody like come together and like how we raised money for the arts and like all of that stuff. I was like, oh, like I love this. And like, I was just like, how do I build a business in the event space, like just doing more of this. And so, you know, when I mentioned like, this has been my only career, it's really true. It's like, I just, you know, this like when I just kind of decided I wanted to have my own business. And so, but I didn't start my own business until about five or six, maybe years later. So after that, I was like, well, I know nothing about this events industry at all. Um, You know, and so I decided that I was like, okay, well, I'm going to work full-time for other companies and gain lots of skills um, in areas that I think are critical to event planning. So I worked for a catering company. I worked for a museum managing their public and private venues, like their sales department, but also like it's like operational to you kind of doing everything. Um, And I even worked at an AV company. So I kind of did like what I feel like is like a trio uh, of production, you know, very, very crash course, you know, um, from, and, and being in sales actually in like in all of those positions was really helpful because I was sitting in between, you know, the people who are the producers of the, of the events and the products, um, as well as like the clients and understanding those two things. So that was a, a really, um, a really useful role for me to be actually be in before I started my, my business. Feel like you've you've worn a lot of the hats I sometimes wish that I got to wear because I think it's so interesting to put yourself in the shoes of all those key stakeholders when you're planning an event because it only makes you a better partner since you know all that from the inside. Yeah, it it definitely allows me to scope and quote a lot faster and more realistic, which is nice. So like you know we can just put like the sort of money conversation like you know away as soon as possible because like oh yeah that's a fair price let's go. Um, you know, on both sides, right. Um, both for the freelancer side, you know, as well as for our client side. So, yeah, but I was really, I was very intentional about it. Um, and even like, as after growing my business, like, um, you know, I'm very intentional about how I still think of myself, I'm still a freelancer inside, you know, I still think about my own individual and personal career and my trajectory post happily, like, all the time and thinking about, you know, everything that I do today is setting me up for something that's going to happen five years from now. Yeah. You're the founder and CEO of Happily. So how would you, how would you define what Happily is? Um, You know, Happily is like the, you know, I feel like Happily is like the secret weapon for, you know, organizations that are trying to make a difference in the world um, by building communities and um, and sharing like new ideas and new stories. Um, and like at, at its core, you know, I think that like our mission overall is to, you know, basically foster like new, like foster like change makers, you know, and just like help them through this process of like creating and activating change, which is, you know, change is a very uh, difficult thing to activate right? Um, there's like all these different steps and process of change of like, you know, first sort of um, accepting and embracing that you want to try something new, you know, and then from there, 
um, having like vision and being able to communicate and clarify like what that next thing is going to be. And then the leadership to get people, you know, really rallied around to actually start like building that change. Um, and then, you know, and then, and then like really that's where happily comes in is in that leadership part, right? So our clients will come in, they have a vision, they like, they're, we help them crystallize, you know, that vision in um, many different ways, whether that's through producing videos and media for them, live streams for them, um, or in like less tangible, but almost even more powerful ways, which is experiential, right? Where uh, we're, we're communicating and crystallizing their ideas through like full, like five sensory, like, you know, mind body experiences that are shared with other, with other human beings. So we help, you know, with that leadership and that execution to like, to communicate those, those new ideas. That's amazing. And then um, we know that happily is like, it's a, it's transparent about the fact that it's a community of freelancers. So, and I think that alone like is, is super interesting. So what motivated you to start a freelancer agency instead of the traditional agency model? Well, I didn't know, know what an agency was like, first of all, like I, you know, I worked for a nonprofit, then I worked for production, you know, basically vendors. And then I started my own business and I was a freelancer that turned into a small business. And so I really actually didn't even know what an agency was until after I built my tech platform. And so as I built my business as an events platform and then um, I was working at the TED conferences and then I like got really like um, immersed or like aware of technology and the power of technology to bring people together. Um, and so then like all of a sudden I'm like this tech entrepreneur and like learning how to like, you know, product manage and like engineer like software and code and all these things hack and like, so, um, so yeah, so th that's been my trajectory. And then we started in the wedding space, actually, like I was testing our platform with uh, DIY brides, because I thought back then I started happily in 2006, 2007. And this was pre Uber. Okay. So like, literally people I was like, I would be I would pitch my company, you know, to investors, and they're like, no one's gonna hire a human off the internet like that, Sarah. And I was like, you're crazy. Like, this is definitely the future. And I remember like pulling up slides and saying like, if I 2040, like we're at 40% of the world is going to be a freelancer. I mean, we're already there and we're not even 2030. Right. So it's like, I saw this like coming like really far out. Um, and I, but like, I had to prove to like everybody that, you could hire humans off the internet. And not only that, but you could hire humans for like events are so like exacting. You have to be perfect. You're only as good as your last event. Like if you screw it up, somebody's like in tears, you know, or like angry at you about the smallest things, right? Like we have all been there. Um, and so I was like, well, if I can do this prove that like a bride on their on your most important day like let's be honest right like would hire some a stranger that they didn't know to be their coordinator and also they we let them have like make all of the plans and we just showed up and executed that we could do this for any kind of event and so um we finally pivoted from weddings to corporate and like I was like okay like now we can we've proven it we were like 
Knott's best wedding planners of the year, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff. And like corporations, it was really funny, but like a lot of folks that like a lot of folks that at the time were planning, like corporations were more conservative. So they weren't looking to like, you know, use a brand new startup platform. Like there wasn't like tech wasn't as cool as it is now. I mean, it's not cool, but I'm just saying like as embraced as it is now. And, um, and then all of a sudden these agencies started calling us, um, and using our site and saying, we need freelancers for this show. And they were huge shows, you know, and that's when I even found out about agencies. It was like 2016, Uh, an agency, MKG, uh, my friend went, my friend, she used to work for me at happily, it was called pink cloud nine of the day. It was like a wedding when it was a wedding space. She went and was like a head of production or whatever at MKG. And then she was like, we need a freelance producer that can make like a TED conference for YouTube, like in 30 days. And you're the only person I know that can do that. And so I actually started like learning about agencies as a freelancer working for an agency. And and then when I was there, I was like, oh, everyone's a freelancer. Like, this is really funny to me. Like, And so, yeah, so I, and then, I mean, it's been years. I mean, even now today, I always tell people like I'm reluctantly become an agency post pandemic um, because it's just not like, it's not where I started. Like it's a, you know, happily it's really a tech platform. Yeah. Tech platform connecting, like at freelancers, we set up a profile on it and then clients can, can find and select and look through, through the profiles. Yeah. So that's like, that's like the, that was the, I guess it's so funny to me to like hear that it's a, like such a crazy idea to be just transparent and like honest about how things work, you know, cause I'm like, well, that's just how things work. Right. Um, and so, yeah, for the, you know, for our freelancers, like, because I've been a freelancer, I mean, you don't have time, right? Like to, you're building your own business, you're building your own brand. Like when you are approached by an agency or approached even by a company, nonprofit, whoever, you know, to team up for something, you have to weigh like, how long is it going to take me to, are they actually going to say yes? How long does it take me to actually get this deal? Yada, yada. So with happily the way it works, um, you know, is I was, I was like, okay, just like, let's make it as simple as possible. Like, you fill in your information once about your experience and your skills and what you can do. And then when we have a client who has booked, then we will send you a text and we're like, hey, Happily has a gig for a freelance event coordinator, $3,000. Are you in? Are you available? And like you text, literally like you text yes or ignore us. And then if you text yes, then, um, you know, if you're shortlisted by you know, the project lead, whether that's a client or us, you know, then you interview and then you're selected. And if you're, you know, a rock star like Logan and Luke, then we already know you were like, oh, great. Thank God you're available. We can't wait to see you on the show again. So we just try to make it like super simple. Um, but yeah, in, every, in, in everything that I do, I try to be like as transparent. It's just easier to be straightforward than it is to be. It's so much easier. I don't know why. I think I always, I don't know why more folks don't do it. I sing the praises of happily a lot to people because I think it just makes it easier for everybody, that level of transparency. And I just know a lot of, I think there may be fear on the agency side that they don't want to, the traditional model of then saying that everyone's full-time is they don't want it to appear that they're not as strong as they are, um, is sometimes my 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 thinking but if again i'm like it's easier just to know oh you have other projects outside of this and you know acknowledging you as a full human versus um just kind of that part of the whole 
Yeah, I think like with the, I think it is fear based, and I think like a lot of agencies like think that like oh like the freelancers will take this business and run away with it, you know. But like, I mean, agencies get hired for really complex, large projects where you know we're hiring sometimes hundreds of people like at a time, you know, and like you may never even know the client's name or what they look like when you're showing up to it. Right. And so, and even if it is like a, a really badass producer, it's like, sorry, babe, but like, honestly, like if you're worried about, there's bigger things to worry about. If you're worried about a freelancer, like taking like one person, like taking down your whole business and running with your client, then there are other issues that like have happened with your relationship, you know, that, have caused you to, you know, to be in that place today. And I always feel like too, like even with our clients, when we're like, yeah, we're a network of freelancers, like we will assemble, we will assemble when we're doing full service, we assemble the team, we select the folks. Um, you know, they also understand like, oh, okay, well, this is Happily's business is to coordinate, you know, freelancers for me. And they find a lot of value in that. Um, and it's also like much more, I don't know, just like makes you feel good. I think from the client side that they are supporting lots of small businesses versus just helping some, you know, just helping me make more money. Like, I think that that's, that's always, you know, that's always kind of like what we're always reiterating to folks is like, you just created opportunities for all of these humans, like not just happily the agency. That's a really great perspective. I, I'm glad you, you said that because it's a, a good you know, a greater work that's being done, if you will, which I think is like what events are a lot, a lot of the time. It's so cool to get people involved in these these amazing things, really, because that's what they are. So I love that. I think that's super cool. Um, and so if someone's listening and they're like, I want to be a freelancer, <laughs> um, what what do you think? What's your advice to them about how they can be successful at freelancing? What kind of skills do you feel like they need? I think first of all, like uh, you have to have like a very positive attitude um, and willingness to learn. I think those are like, that's just like fundamental um, to being successful as a freelancer. Um, A lot of folks, I think when those folks who are like, you know, freelancing just because they have to, um, or they're like, you know, in a in a new situation, you know, just in a tough situation and they're trying to like grab cash fast because freelance is good for that. Right. Um, you know, typically they just like don't perform as well. They don't in their jobs compared to somebody who has less experience, but is there and like ready to learn. So I think that that is really important. Um, and I feel like, um, you can always learn and no matter, no matter any role that you take, like sometimes, I mean, I'm not, pregnant. So I'm not on the floor right now, but like, sometimes I love like just being the reg assistant or the talent wrangler because uh, there's so much to learn in every position and like so many people to like meet and encounter. Um, and then other than that, like, I think, you know, technically like being fluent in like all the latest as many, you know, software and technology is really important. Um, and just because, well, I think it's like really important if you want to work with really great, forward, innovative clients because they're all using the latest technology. So, you know, if you're not, then it's kind of hard to just, it's just like actually hard to work together. Um, so I think like being, you know, really having a, a broad understanding for how to use uh, different tech. Um, there's so many things. Like, I mean, I guess I'll, I'll stop there, but yeah. 
No, I think those are all helpful just to get people's brains turning. I know Mary joked when she got into it, it was, you know, to travel and things. And I always joke that the positives are that you do get to go cool places, meet cool people doing different gigs, but also a lot of it is like the non-fancy part that <laughs> like the, the grunt work of it, but that it is really joyful. I know for me personally, I just love meeting the other freelancers and, you know, the just the personalities and the places I've gone more just, again, the people I'm meeting have been the secret sauce for me and what has made it so fun. Um, yeah. Cause then I get to work with these people. Totally. I always like, I always thought that like do what you love was like a total miss, like work with people you love is like way more important. I think you're like way more access- successful when you're working on a great team on a project that could be boring. Cause you all just make it great, you know, like much more than like doing something that you love. I've definitely worked on projects that I thought were like amazing on paper, but then the team was like kind of a drag and then the whole thing's a drag, you know? Yeah. And the team can make a very boring event, very fun. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You know, a fun team. Or just Um, even a job, you know, like I just like, even some of my temp jobs, like I'm still like friends with people that when we were doing, I don't know, we were doing nothing. Like we were pushing paper around, but we had like the best time together, you know, in like Q 10 years later, we're still you know, Instagramming each, DMing each other. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I think too, again, thinking about people maybe who are thinking, uh, they're full-time and they're thinking freelance or maybe even vice versa. Um, what's your take on why event pros should choose freelance versus full-time work? Mm, yeah, I think like, um, I think it's just really like a life stage thing, you know, like um, that's to me the biggest thing. Like right now, okay, so like right now I'm pregnant. I'm seven months pregnant legitimately like my head of production is also seven months pregnant like we might deliver on the same day if you can imagine it's like I was like oh no this all right is who's producing this birth pl- birth plan if <laughs> yeah so <laughs> so I have my but like I'm the business owner right so like I and so we're in this you know we're in like a leadership meeting and I'm like just so you know, guys, I'm going to like get an Apple watch and I'm going to like, you know, check in. I'll still be reading stuff. And, you know, I'm not like going to be showing up to meetings, but I'm going to be here. And like, and it's not because I like, it's because I want to, it's like my company, like, you know, and it's just, it's my thing. And, you know, for her, she still is super dedicated to like the team and everyone, but I, but she's, she's a full timer. She's like, I'm going to take three months off. See you later. Focus on my focus on my personal life. And so I think when you're working full time, you can like shut it down a lot easier, you know, than um, than when you're freelancing, you're like always on the hustle. I mean, I, I feel like even now, now I feel like, Oh, like happily is closer to a full time job for me than a freelancing job, which is di- it's different. And it's weird for me even, <laughs> But like, it took me very many years, you know, to, to get there. And so I think there's even, you know, like a lot of my friends are started because we worked on a project together. So it's just like, and even when I go out at night or whatever to the club, like when I would go to the clubs and stuff, I would be like, oh, let's work together. Oh, let's work together. Like everything is about your work. Um, which I don't is, I don't think is like always like a bad thing if you're again, like working with people you love. Um, and doing cool stuff, but it's different. Like, so I would say like, if you like have that like ambition, you know, and that like motivation to have this kind of like complete, it's almost a completeness. I feel like when you're freelancing, 
with uh, where your life is your life 24-7, definitely do a freelance thing. If you if you want to like just uh, if you're one of those people that likes to compartmentalize, you know, um, for whatever reason. And again, like we all have seasons, right? Full time is the way to go. That's really interesting and and great feedback, I think, because I know that Logan and I talk about this all the time. We definitely experience like the it's so hard to shut it off, like you're saying. It's always on and and it's kind of fun in that way. Like it, it is exciting and, and motivating, but you're right. Sometimes it might not be for everyone. Um, but there's definitely space for everyone. Like there's so many opportunities when it comes to to freelance. So I think that's also very exciting. So thank you yeah. for sharing and then, that. You know what? Like there are some full like people who are working full time who do like to compartmentalize and they freelance because they can compartmentalize this skill or this part of themselves, you know, for a brief period of time, like on a project. So um so yeah, I think that, but like, they're still full-timers that like moon, they're like, I call them moonlighters, right? Like they're still full-timers that they like dip their toe into like the energy of the freelance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I joke, I started going freelance because I needed to rediscover work-life balance. And for me, it was that I'd taken on way more than my job description at my full-time job. And I could, was so tangled and deep in it that I couldn't have told you what I liked and what I didn't. I was just, uh, i I felt like I was burning out and a lot of it was related to, yes, seeing freelancers having to work less hours, getting to charge more. But some of it too, ironically, is like I went freelance and got on that, I guess, hustle for it to have more space and to have more time and be in more control of my time. Because I found as a full-timer, maybe those longer breaks are were okay, but at least the culture I was in, it was not, even if we did a weekend event, you were still expected mm-hmm. to be there on Monday. And I was learning, like for me, I kind of need that recharge time, especially with some of the longer events um, and then I've had to now rediscover again, like you say, seasons as you go through it, even as a f- freelancer business owner of what I can take on and what I need personally. Yeah, I think culture is also a really big thing, you know, just like to double click on what you just said is that like, I think if you're working full time for a company who's like culture and mission and product and everything is like aligned with you, like fundamentally and ethically, you know, then you should have no problems. But like the the, one of the best things about freelancing is that you can, if you're good at what you do, like you can um, pick your projects, you know? So like, I'm really proud of the fact that like, I've never, never worked for somebody that I didn't really like a company that I didn't really support, like truly. Um, so I think that that's, that is like probably the biggest gift of of being a freelancer is to just be able to have that like alignment. Yeah. And so as we're talking about this, we have a golden, golden question for you. So is freelance the future? Is it the future? Yes. The future is here as well. Like (laughs) I was saying, you know, like we're, um, and like the 40% mark or whatever, I don't actually like, don't know what the, the actual number is. We should look up the stats, but, um, but it's global. It's not just in the U S it's like everywhere. Right. Um, I mean, I think we've all worked with somebody that's like in a different country in a different time zone. So, um, so yeah, I I do think that it is the future. I think there's, um, I think it's still like a very, er you know, very early stages, even though it's been kind of like adopted and like uh, more mainstream, um, it's early stages and just like, it still needs like quite a lot more like organization, you know, uh, technology tools to support it, regulation, um, you know, things like that. But, uh, but I'm hopeful that uh, we will start to see that. I mean, I think that there's a lot of 
um, people who enjoy being freelancers. That's why we, we, we've seen surveys. We've done surveys. Like, why are you freelancing? It's, it's mostly people, they, it's their, it's their choice. That's why it's like so popular. Like it's actually popular. (laughs) So I think that, um, I think that it's just going to keep growing and continuing to grow, but the form in the format in which it does, um, hopefully will get more sophisticated that there will be more, you know, companies and organizations, um, you know, like the the company that we've been building at Happily that is there to truly support new freelancers and make the whole workflow um, for them like a lot easier uh, instead of just exploitative. We love to hear it. That's one of my hard lessons is freelancing is I usually have a lot of blind faith in people and I've learned I have to advocate for myself and wish I could go back to early freelancer Logan and, and realize that. Um, but Sarah, as we kind of get to the end of our episode, is there anything else you want to add about freelancing happily any other nuggets of wisdom for our listeners nuggets of wisdom i don't know just be happy i guess like you know and like that's the most important thing at the end of the day be happy make other people happy you know that's i think if you find yourself in that position um and you can do that you know standing on your own without having to uh have a boss or you know work for someone else like i've you know i i just think that that is so cool. That's something that like our generation, like our parents, you know, generations before us, like they never had that luxury. So like take advantage, you know, take advantage of it. Um, and then, yeah. And if you are one of those people, please join us happily. We'd love to team up with you. So it's teamhappily.com. See ya. That's awesome, Sarah. Thank you. We do have a couple, we like to end with these like quick little sentence finishers. So we're going to put you on the spot just for, you can fill in the blank. So the first one is your favorite quality in a manager is what? Mm, their humor. The fun, you know, funny bosses are like the best. I think yeah. like, for me, they're the best. Like, I, don't know. I, and I even if it's a dad joke, I'll take it. We love a good pun on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, your favorite productivity tool is? That one's hard. But honestly, Google Calendar, I live off of it. A lot of people say their calendar actually, so feel that yep yeah time management like especially for freelancers like time management's a thing our last one is something that you're looking forward to this year whether business or personal is my baby orion april 9th coming out one way or another (laughs) sarah before we let you go where can listeners find you well, I guess I'm mostly on um, LinkedIn. Um, you can find, you know, keep in touch with us and like open projects and meet other freelancers and stuff on our Instagram at Team Happily, um, TeamHappily.com. Yeah, LinkedIn, my name. I guess those are the those are the big things. Well, yeah. thank you so much, Sarah. We appreciate you taking the time. Thanks. Sarah. Yeah, my pleasure. It was so great to see you, and congrats on episode 97. I can't believe it. It's Ooh. such an incredible feat. Oh, thank you so much. That was awesome. Thank you so much again, Sarah. And we, of course, have our bonus tip. We can't forget about that. And Logan has the bonus tip for today. I do. Uh, This one, I feel like I was like, it's not related to freelancing. It's related to freelancing. This one's for our US-based listeners. Um, If taxes are something that stress you out, something that I've done the last two years is I pay quarterly estimated taxes. I started doing this like three years ago and it was a game changer for me and took my tax time from a very stressful like, oh no, where am I going to find these several thousands of dollars 
to, uh, oh, great, I might actually get a refund because I pay them in estimated quarters. Uh, my accountant is someone who I lean on heavily to make sure that I am paying the right amount. Um, but you just really go online and you can pay the IRS that estimated payment. Um, and Mary and I dive more into this, but talking about like I put 15, 25% of whatever I make in that tax account. So it doesn't even touch my own business account or anything. Um, and just, I think either siphoning it away or doing the prepay or a little bit of both will help make you feel a little bit more relaxed at tax time. Good bonus tip, Logan. Taxes give me like automatic anxiety. So I was like, I don't, you're not alone. Hear it. You're no, not alone. <laughs> it's a great bonus tip. So thank you so much for that. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Better Events Pod, or you can send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com. We're also on LinkedIn, Twitter, not TikTok yet. Um, and thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with you again next Wednesday. 